everyone. My name is Alexandra Perry, and you are listening to Investing After Hours, a Wealth Daily podcast. Joining me today is one of the research writers from our sister publication, Energy and Capital, Meg Daly. Meg is here to kind of walk us through her experience with lithium. She's been working with lithium and lithium investments for pretty much the whole duration of her time here as a research writer, and that has given her a very unique perspective into both the markets and what they're doing now and what they will likely do in the future. Meg, how are you? I'm doing well today. How are you? Good. I think the best place to start is obviously what you do here is you spend your entire day just like buried in lithium information and companies and um, suppliers, demand. You are part of unlocking that supply and demand chain. And I was kind of wondering if you could give me maybe like just a few key things that you work on specifically when talking about lithium investments. Well, lithium is definitely one of the biggest energy commodities on the market today. It's it's one of the fastest growing. It's it's a big deal, obviously. It's a big energy storage thing, which is, of course, becoming a bigger issue with electric vehicles, renewable energy coming online. So what I do at Energy and Capital is I research the companies producing it, the companies using it, who's making the biggest batteries, who's making the biggest factories, of course, and just try to keep try to keep an eye on the supply-demand game as it plays itself out. And I know we're going to get a little bit deeper into that supply and demand game and how knowing it can benefit investors a little bit later in the podcast, but I think the best place to start is for some people that perhaps don't know what lithium is or they're only used to hearing the word lithium in conjunction to Tesla. Kind of explain like what lithium is and those primary uses again, because I know it has other uses outside of just electric vehicles. Those uses just aren't touted as much because they're not as popular. Oh, certainly. I mean, there's there's a big reason Tesla is the name of the game today. It The company is credited with starting the lithium revolution because before Tesla came along, electric vehicles were still a pipe dream for most companies. And uh, electric vehicles are set to be the biggest source of growth for lithium in the next couple of years. Uh, Around 35% of the world's lithium supply is used for batteries, either energy storage or for electric vehicles. Um, It's also used in strengthening ceramics and glass. Uh, It's used in making lubrication greases, uh, in air treatment for like spacecraft and such. But as I said, the, the biggest thing, the massive thing is going to be batteries. You would say that that is probably going to be the dominant factor impacting market oh, one, demand in the next couple of years. Definitely. So speaking of Tesla and speaking of companies that are directly influencing lithium demand, outside of Tesla, are there any companies that you see really pushing this this metal into the mainstream more so? Well, it's it's mainly going to be the the major battery makers. Um, outside of Tesla, there's Panasonic, which is working with Tesla on its Gigafactory in Nevada. There's uh, Samsung and LG Chem, which are already big battery makers. Uh, Johnson Controls, another another major name on the market, and companies overseas like Sonnen Battery, which is doing massive energy storage project projects all over Europe. This is kind of a side question, but you know, if we are to focus on this market from both energy storage, like home battery energy storage and electric vehicle, could you say that lithium prices would likely continue even if one of those things becomes stagnant? Both of them are certainly growing at a much quicker pace than they were just a few years ago. Uh, electric vehicles are definitely going to be the biggest thing, but home and utility scale storage are also going to be massive sources of demand for this metal in the next couple of years. I mean, as I said, renewable energies are coming more online, and those things are so intermittent, they're not reliable without some form of backup energy storage. I don't know that it would be worth 
you know, speculating that either one is going to drop off the face of the planet because both are such a big deal right now, but certainly both are going to be large sources of growth. Do you know any other major car makers that are really committed to the electric vehicle race right now outside of Tesla? Well, I mean, it'd be easier to list the ones that aren't. Uh, (laughs) Here in America, Ford has decided to do it. Uh, Toyota, which already has the Prius, which is everywhere. Uh, As I said, General Motors. There's overseas Daimler. Just companies everywhere are already into this. And as I said, Tesla started the trend, but now that everyone else is picking it up, the supply chain for electric vehicles is just going to be so much bigger starting the next couple of years. I mean, by 2020, most of those companies intend to have all electric or hybrid vehicles on the market, on the streets. So it's obvious this electric vehicle production is picking up maybe with this 2020-2021 year being kind of a pinnacle of growth. Um, But I think for a lot of investors, the question is not like what car company to invest in, but what supplier company to invest in when it comes to lithium production. And I was wondering if you could share with us from your research what you've seen when it comes to the major companies supplying lithium. Oh, certainly. Well, there are there are three main companies that have, until recently, had a sort of oligopoly just stranglehold on the supply situation, and those are um, FMC, SQM, and Albemarle. These three companies have operations in some of the biggest lithium hubs in the world. Um, FMC and SQM, one of which is American, the other of which is Chilean, have operations in what's called the Lithium Triangle in South America, and that's just a an area between Bolivia, Argentina, and Chile, which has an abundance of lithium-rich salt flats from which a lot of lithium can be produced very quickly. Uh, Albemarle has an interesting situation where it actually, it bought Rockwood Lithium, which had the U.S.'s only lithium mine uh, located in Silver Peak, Nevada. So each of them has like a unique lithium production position. And until now, until all of these new projects have been coming online, hopping on the lithium bandwagon, as it were, uh, they, they've sort of just controlled the market. I know we kind of talked about this briefly before we sat down to record the podcast, but are there different ways to produce lithium? Oh, certainly. There, there are two main ways to produce lithium. The more traditional way is hard rock mining, where, you know, you, you find some lithium-rich rocks, you got to crush it out of there and purify it down to battery grade. And then there's the uh, salt flat option, which is slightly easier. It's, it's certainly less money and time intensive because the lithium has already been removed from the rocks. It is just sitting in these salty brines and it can be removed from the brine a lot easier. So uh, companies with operations in brines just have a little bit of an easier time, if perhaps a little bit longer, because instead of crushing it out of rock, they let it dry out of the water. So say I was an investor that was looking at a lithium company and they were doing primarily this saltwater brine mining, which the majority of lithium companies are doing, if I'm correct. Oh, about 70% of the world's lithium comes from these brines. Okay. So, like, would it be smarter to look at companies that are targeting that method? Is it, is it seems to be more cost-effective if more of them are doing it? Or would it be smarter to just find companies that incorporate both methods? Either method is completely viable. It depends on their exploration and what, what they found so far. I mean, if, if you have... If you found a single mine that has very, very lithium-rich rocks, that's going to be more valuable to you than a salt flat that has maybe 2% lithium in it. So I think it's not a matter of which one is better for new projects, 
so much as you know, looking at the company's actual production value, what they found, and how easily they're going to be able to refine the lithium into battery-grade lithium carbonate. Uh, for instance, there's one company that is actually producing lithium out of neither brine nor rock, but clay, which is sort of an in-between space. And that company is doing pretty well so far. It's, uh, I believe it's one of the first companies that got a deal with Tesla. And are they one of the first to use that production method? Uh, it's been done before, but doing it on a commercial scale is a little bit more challenging. And the way they're doing it is, of course, because of their exploration, because they found that much lithium, it's going to be more profitable for them. But it's not a matter of which production is better. It's just a matter of finding, you know, a good source of lithium and being able to extract it. So let's take a minute and talk about supply and demand. And specifically, we know that supply and demand heading into 2020 with the electrical vehicle and the energy home energy storage market is going to grow. So I think a big problem that these companies are going to face is meeting that expanding demand, especially when bringing a project online may take some time. And I was wondering if you could share with us your experience with how long it takes to bring a project online and what investors should be considering. Like, say you want to invest in a lithium company, right? And they say, hey, we're going to bring these three projects online and that will help us meet demand here and here. It doesn't necessarily mean that company is going to be successful in the future. It just means that it has projects on the table. So I know that you've obviously been watching these companies for a while. So perhaps you can just like shed some light on what guarantees that a company might actually complete a project and what that completion timeline looks like. Well, as I said before, it depends on what kind of supply they've found, if they've been able to develop a, uh, a good supply of high-grade lithium. And from there, it it's going to take a couple of years for these new projects to get underway. This is why the bigger producers are the ones that have the most advantage, because they already have supply online, they have the technology and the exploration base to go ahead and expand their operations if they need to. Uh, these new projects, it can take anywhere from two to ten years sometimes, depending upon whether you're using, you know, a, a very lithium-rich brine or a harder-to-develop rock mine. And so I, I fully expect to see a big supply squeeze between now and 2020, and perhaps a few years after that as well, until the market begins to balance out, more of these projects come back online, and we see which projects are actually viable and which ones are just companies trying to get in on the hype. So just because a company has a project slotted, because I will go through earnings reports where they say, hey, we're starting this project on this date, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that that company is going to be successful. Oh, most certainly not. Just just because they think they found some amount of lithium, it doesn't mean that it's going to be sustainable, that they'll be able to get it up to commercial grade lithium or commercial production levels even. It's very much a matter of, at this point, definitely sustainability because you can't have a project that's only going to be online and producing for a year because a year from now we're still going to be seeing some major demand out of lithium. Do you feel like the companies that are currently in the game, like the bigger companies, already kind of have the stake of the land? So especially with demand heating up and these projects taking so long to complete, maybe smaller lithium mining companies aren't even worth considering for investors. Oh, certainly not. I think the the monopoly those main three have had on the market is kind of breaking down, especially because, as I said, some of the bigger ones have operations in Chile, Chile and Argentina, and that's definitely a huge advantage. But these newer companies especially will be able to attract business from companies like Tesla because, well, Tesla in the beginning actually promised to source out of North America first and foremost. So companies developing operations in Nevada 
were the biggest thing the energy industry had even seen for a long time because that was where all the interest was centered. Um, more than that even, smaller companies starting in Argentina, which has just opened its land to even more development than ever before, those projects, as soon as they come online, they're also going to garner a lot of interest because no matter what, we're going to need a lot of lithium. Not just for Tesla, not just for its single gigafactory. There are more gigafactories in the work, by the way, for Tesla and other companies. We're going to need a lot. So every bit of production that we can get in the next couple of years is going to be important. So smaller miners are definitely worth looking into. The bigger ones, they have their advantage, but that does not mean the smaller ones are not worth looking into. I mean, some of, some of the biggest investments that we've seen the last couple of years have in fact been new lithium companies that, you know, may have existed a few years ago, but weren't anywhere on Wall Street's radar. They were just tiny and quiet operations, but they've grown so much on this demand. And when you were looking at those operations, because obviously part of what you do is looking at these young companies or looking at these older companies and making sure they have the things they need to be successful, what are a few key factors that you look for? Well, it's, it's essentially the same as any other industry. I mean, you don't want to see them overspending and not proving anything for it. You don't want to see them going off into some prospective, out-of-this-world project and not having the money to back it up. Uh, you certainly want to look for viable projects over speculative projects that don't have any backup. I mean, it's, it's like looking at any other commodity. So we spent a majority of this podcast talking about first demand and second supply. I think closing on a closing note, we should probably talk about ways to invest in lithium that aren't necessarily, you know, going out and finding these mining companies and doing all this extensive research. Obviously, you guys have both a free e-letter and premium advisory services that kind of help people locate these companies at Energy and Capital. But there's also a few ways for people to invest in lithium without actually investing in mining companies directly. On one hand, there are, of course, the big battery makers that are going to be using these uh, these lithium supplies, the, the major ones that are making them for energy storage projects or for electric vehicles. And outside of that, you know, investing in lithium is interesting. It's not like investing in oil. You can't, you can't just trade lithium like you can oil. It doesn't trade like such a large commodity as that. But there is a uh, the Global X Lithium ETF, which tracks the number of lithium miners and lithium battery makers if you want a slightly more diversified and not directly connected to miners kind of investment. And how are those ETFs doing this year? They're doing pretty great. Um, the lithium ETF is up over 30% just this year. So before we close the podcast, why don't we take a second and you're going to have to go back in time through all this research that you've done on all these companies, because I imagine it's a sector that you've kind of watched grow and feel at least I know with the sectors I work with sometimes that I watch grow from the very beginning, almost like, you know, you've seen so much happen that it's hard to lock down just one thing, but there's got to be one company or one investment that really impressed you over your time researching and writing about lithium. Well, I mean, maybe it's a little obvious or cliche or something, but it's been Tesla. Just watching that company grow has been amazing. Uh, As I said before, Electric vehicles were sort of a pipe dream for other companies until Tesla proved it could be done. And I don't mean to sound like an Elon Musk fangirl, but what he's done with the company has been amazing, especially just over the past few years. I mean, the company has grown so quickly. The stock has risen so fast and made so many people so much money and no one thought it could be done. But here we are with this massive company. 
However, I'll add a short caveat to that. Personally, I wouldn't invest in Tesla myself. The stock has become really volatile. Elon Musk himself has said it's overvalued for what they're doing. And it's been amazing to watch grow, but I, I'm not sure that I would suggest it as, a, uh, as an investment if you're just getting into the lithium game now. Are there any companies that stand out to you as major winners in the future? Oh, cer- certainly just the miners. They're, they're going to be, especially in the next few years, as we're going to see that supply squeeze, the miners are going to be the focus of everyone's attention. Well, Meg, thank you for coming onto the podcast and sharing this wealth of knowledge with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to bring people on that are working kind of with these targeted sectors and have this special knowledge. It's something that I guess just comes with writing about something for years and years. Um, and because you've been writing about this for years and years, we've decided to attach a bunch of your lithium resource pages and lithium articles to the bottom of this podcast. So if you are interested in investing in lithium, make sure to check out the full podcast blog on our Wealth Daily site, and you can continue to read those resources, which outline some of the key miners, where lithium's going, companies that are demanding lithium, and just really give you a good starting place. Thank you, and have a good night.